Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. This show helps you lean into endeavors that matter by leveraging your curiosity, engaging your courage, and cultivating your creativity. Are you ready to make a difference? This show helps you step into your what's next with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. This season is called Local Focus, and my guests are friends and artists and creative entrepreneurs from in and around my hometown of Floyd, Virginia. These are neighbors carving out a living in rural America with passion and purpose. I'm your host, Scott Perry. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Becky Latuka, welcome to today's broadcast. Please tell our viewers how to really spell your name, who you are, <laughs> what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more. Uh, well, so I'm Becky Latuka. Uh, you don't really need me to spell my name for you now, do you? <laughs> uh, so I work at the Floyd Center for the Arts as the director of programming here at the center, overseeing the gallery exhibits, the classes, the open studios, uh, the special events, uh, and pretty much whatever else falls in my lap. And you do it so well, Becky. And uh, so, so Becky is obviously a, truly a neighbor because she is working in the same building that I teach guitar in four days a week, the Floyd Center for the Arts. I would love for you, so to me, the, the, the Center for the Arts is like one of the great resources that is sometimes not as fully visible in the community as some of the other attractions like the Floyd Country Store or some of the other places. Mm -hmm. um, maybe if you wouldn't mind just starting with kind of how the Floyd Center for the Arts came to be um, and uh, you know where you see its role within the community because it is a huge community resource that I would love to see more people taking advantage of. Sure, so the, the story of how it came to be um, is you know, before my time here, obviously. Um, so over 20 years ago, I think it was about 24 years ago, uh, there were some area artists who really wanted to renovate this barn and have an art center. And they did a lot of small events here over the years. Um, I'm giving you a very condensed version of the history. Uh, I moved to the area about 20 years ago. And that's, so my history with the center starts then. I got here and I read some articles about um, the renovations, getting ready to get started, the plans and things like that. Um, and from that moment, I just thought, wow, what an amazing place. I mean, that is such a great idea. Um, so it started out more of an arts incubator, uh, and we still are, but we are so much more than that now. Um, I guess I'm jumping around a little bit, uh, but gives you a sense of the idea of the history that it was a very grassroots um, grassroots organization, grassroots production uh, to get it all going. But uh, here now, it is a thriving, amazingly busy barn in rural Floyd, Virginia. Uh, and you're right, we're not right downtown. So we are sometimes, I, I don't really wanna say overlooked. Um, I do think people make a point of coming here. I mean, sometimes they come specifically to Floyd specifically because they've heard of the Floyd Center for the Arts, formerly known as the Jacks. Um, but its role is, it's an integral part of the community without doubt. Um, and not just the Floyd community, it's, it's regional, it's statewide. I mean, we, we have a lot going on right now, for instance, uh, we have in our three different galleries, we have more than 50 artists represented. Uh, we have one exhibit that has 20 something artists in it, uh, another one, a, a 
um, of art quilts of 11 artists, some graduate students in another gallery, uh, and some um, Springhouse Community School, uh, Springhouse School uh, students, art students have their work on display. So we really, I mean, we have more than 50 artists showing their work right here, right now. Um, and at any given time, along with that, uh, we could have open studios going on, which we do actually right now. We have a pottery open studio as we're speaking going on. Uh, we have different art classes and things that happen. So we do have a lot um, and we are very much a hub. Uh, so people, artists new to the area or visiting the area, they will make a point of stopping in and asking us, how do I connect? Where, where do I plug into the local art scene? Uh, which is in, I don't want to say, the most important thing we do, but it is what we do. It's who we are. I mean, helping helping artists connect in whatever way they need to is why I'm here. Why I do what I do. So, uh, yeah. so I see it as important. <laughs> That's okay. So, well, I, I I love that that introduction to what what's going on there, and obviously the the galleries are a really important uh, component. And it's been nice to see the galleries continue to expand with the hot gallery and then the artwork going in, into the hallways. Um, and I agree that it's a hub, a, kind of a communication center for artists and also a, a place to collect and collaborate. Uh, and that's all really great to see. You, you just touched on it. And this is, I guess, one of your primary roles is, is the educational component. And it's just wonderful to see, especially in the summertime with, with the summer programming for children, but there's after school programming all, all through the year. But talk a little bit more just about that part of it, too, which I think of as kind of education and, and outreach. Uh, well, specifically with youth programming, uh, we do. We have afternoon arts throughout the school year. Uh, we do also host a kids art camp. Uh, this year, we're focusing on everyday art, kind of the importance of um, so many of the items that we use every day at one time were, if you wanted it, you made it. If you needed it, you made it. Uh, so we're kind of getting back to that. But um, the the overall impact, even just having student groups come in, uh, you know, we have a Girl Scout group that comes in periodically and they're, they've come to me and said, we want to do something. And then we put together the program for them. Uh, so that is separate from our usual offerings. Uh, but And we've done that with other groups too. Over the summer, um, my Montgomery County, one of the schools had contacted us last summer and they brought in a large group of students that we just knew that they had a day and we put together something for them. And um, and we do a lot of that, you know, so it's, it's definitely, uh, the youth programming varies tremendously. Yeah. It's, and just to mention one last piece that, that we haven't touched on, in addition to the Pottery Studio, which is a very active uh, place, um, we, there's also the Blacksmith Shop as well. The Forge, the, the forge is extremely popular. Um, mm -hmm. We have more questions about when we have blacksmithing classes. Uh, we did have a blacksmith here demonstrating during, um, we had a, a spring craft fair just a couple weekends ago. Uh, and we did have our, our blacksmith out here demoing, and it was definitely the high point for so many people. And actually, that same blacksmith I'm working with right now on some youth programming. I'm very excited. We have an email volley going on, probably as we speak. That may even been what that last notification was that interrupted us. 
Uh, but we're working on uh, some things to have both the opportunity for a child and adult to work with the blacksmith. And we're also working on uh, just some straight up youth programming that, you know, it might not be the exact same as if you were an adult signed up for a blacksmith class here, but you're certainly going to get a taste of it. So, Yeah. Well, one of my earliest childhood memories was my parents taking us to um, Sturbridge Village in Massachusetts and going to the blacksmith shop at where they uh, allowed us to take a nail and bend it around a, a, some sort of cylinder and make ourselves uh, a, a ring out of out of an old-fashioned nail. And it was just, you know, I mean, it's something that's obviously still is with me. And there is something about the blacksmith, um, the forge that just sparks all con kinds of nostalgia and and, and just uh, just seems like a real centerpiece of, of what goes on. Let's back up even a little bit further to what, you know, your background, I know that you have a, an extensive background in the arts and, a, and an extensive background in supporting other artists. What were you doing, uh, you know, in the years before you became the director of programming at the center? Uh, so I guess like a lot of people involved in creative industries, Mine has been an incredibly winding path, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Uh, so I, mostly I, I started out in custom picture framing. Uh, and I did, I, over the course of 20 or 25 years, I was primarily one way or another involved in the framing industry, uh, doing sales and design, things like that. I worked in some very high-end shops where my position was... Um, my role was to deal with gallery owners and things. Uh, for instance, going back 20 years before I moved to this area, I was working in Cambridge, Mass, um, at a very high-end shop that custom milled everything. And so this was before email was just the norm. So there was a whole lot of working with my clientele was all um, in Manhattan. So I, I was dealing with gallery owners and art collectors and some artists in New York. Um, via fax. I mean, when you think about it now, it's kind of funny, uh, but so, so much amazing work would pass through my hands. I was entirely sales, not production in that role, um, but very involved working closely with the production folks as well, uh, but I wasn't doing it. Uh, but so that was, you know, it was really interesting, eye-opening, dealing with uh, some pretty high-end gallery owners that were uh, it, it was a foreign world to me, I guess, but but I had the framing knowledge. So that's, you know, that was kind of an introduction to, I don't want to say high art, but higher art, I guess. <laughs> uh, but then from there, I, again, I've worked in several different shops, but in many of them, uh, I worked directly with artists. I worked in shops that did a lot of wholesale work for artists. And that's when I really got involved with um or got excited so much by hearing their stories, you know, and that was really uh, the high point of doing it. It's fun to design. It's fun to pick it all out. Uh, it's satisfying to actually produce the work and things like that. But hearing the stories, seeing somebody walk in, you know, their eyes light up as they're telling you about this new thing they're experimenting with, or um, remember that piece while well, I sold it and things like that. It's definitely, uh, definitely been a high point, but then, um, and I am backing up a little bit. In about 2010, I opened a small gallery in Radford and I had it for a few years. And during that time, I was representing about 75 different local artists. I was also doing some custom framing uh, and managing my own boutique studio and out there making, selling my own work as well. 
Um, and that was, you know, kind of a, a real high point because again, people would walk through the door, anything from and a beautiful fine art paintings to boo-boo bunnies, little stuffed socks with rice in them. They all had a place in there because the, the passion was the same as the people came through and they were telling me about what they did, why they did it. Um, I just was honored to be able to connect them to their audience, whoever that was, and to help them figure out who that was. So, uh, And then I did do a brief time at a science museum too. Uh, not so much in the arts industry, but it was some, it was, really helpful laying the groundwork for some nonprofit work for me. So nice. Well, it sounds like you have a long history of, of being a creative person yourself, but also supporting creatives. And you're certainly doing that in your capacity as director of, of um, programming. So if, what do you, how do you define creativity? Like what, and what is, it sounds like you have a real mission to support and promote creatives so what's what's kind of behind all that? What what is what is creativity and what is it for? Huh. <laughs> well, I don't have my dictionary, but I guess you're not looking for a dictionary definition. No, no. And this is this is I want the the, right. the Becky Latuka version uh, or definition of uh, creativity. Right. Well, hmm. Let's see where this goes now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so really, um, to me, the creative process the, is is everything. Uh, so it's, it, it's, gosh, um, it has everything to do, every, everything you do, everything you think, creativity is just such a part of, um, I don't, I don't even know how to separate it out of, out of everyday living. I really don't. Uh, I do, I think that it's something that needs to be nurtured and it needs to be, I mean, it needs to be fed. It needs to be watered. You know, it definitely needs that sunshine needs to be exposed to the light of day. Um, huh. What I'm, what I'm hearing is, and I think you, I would agree with this. If, if this is kind of where you're going is it's, it's a basic human impulse. I mean, we, the act of being, or creativity is simply the act of bringing something forth in the world that didn't exist. So this conversation becomes a, a creative act because before we started doing it, it was, it was not there. And I'd be curious for your take on this because one of the things that I, uh, in my work at Creative on Purpose, am trying to do is to try to disabuse people of the notion that the, for those people that have this notion that they're not creative. Cause a lot of people will, when you ask, you know, are you a creative person? They'll say, well, oh, no, I'm, you know, creativity is something that, that the people at the, the center for the arts do. It's, it's not something I do, but every time you engage in a conversation or make yourself some lunch or, um, you know, type an email, these are all creative acts. Absolutely. And, and it's not to say that all these acts are, vital, important, impactful, world-changing, or, or any, any of that. But it is just a basic human activity. And it's, to me, saddening that the research shows that 50% of the population does not self-identify as being creative. That, Absolutely a pet peeve of mine. Uh, yeah. So kind of going back to the few years I had the green heron, but certainly even here and now, the number of times people say, 
oh, I would love to try X, whatever it is, blacksmithing, pottery, um, whatever, but I'm just not very creative or, you know, I'm not an artist. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of that last one myself. Well, I'm not really an artist. Uh, so I can, you don't have to be creative in that you can go home and suddenly just make, I don't know, amazing floral arrangements or paintings or whatever, uh, just thinking. So to me, I mean, as you said, yes, absolutely. I mean, human essence, it's creative, you know, um, but just the act of putting yourself together in the morning is, you know, there's creativity that goes into that, there's creativity that goes into everything um, without question. And again, hearing that from people, well, I'm not very creative. You don't even have to be good at it, you know. If if it if it brings you joy, it is as the saying goes. If there's any part of you that wants to dabble, dabble, whatever it is, you should be doing it, you know, whenever possible. And this is advice I need to remind myself of periodically, you know. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to squeeze it in. That's interesting. My very first guest on this broadcast is a friend named Massimo Pigliucci, and he had just written a book, and one of my opening questions was, you know, what, what creative enterprises are you involved in? And his answer was, well, I'm not really a creative person. And I, right. <laughs> After um, writing a book. You just wrote, wrote a book. <laughs> I think that qualifies. I think writing is part of the fine arts. So maybe you're not even just a creative, but an artist. But that's And that actually leads to this other idea. And you were kind of touching on this, you know, to to live, to be a human and to live means that you are employing your creative impulse all day long. And there are, and there's nothing wrong with being a dabbler. You know, I, 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 I don't consider my cooking to be an artistic pursuit, but it's something where I definitely explore my creativity sometimes um, much to my family's dismay. Um, <laughs> but you know, but there are some people that will ver start exploring the cooking, the culinary arts with a great deal of intention and will level up to what I would call leveling up from creativity to artistry. They, they are now dedicated themselves as a professional, as an artist to cultivating a craft around that particular domain. And we all have parts of our lives where we have invested in the craft in a creative pursuit and leveled up to artistry. So if you're a, a parent or uh, if a spouse or even a son or daughter, you know, there is a, an element of that role Absolutely. that involves really paying attention and, 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 you know, doing things with a proper motivation and a specific aspiration and some degree of integrity and intention. And you are engaged in, an, in that, in an art, you know, some sort of artistic way. Um, I see you doing that at, at the center and, and the, the care and the, uh, the way that you've nurtured the exhibits, but also the programming and especially the educational programming. Um, and this is how you make your little, Dent in the universe. This is how you make change happen in this community, um, and that it—it it is unfortunate to me that people will dismiss that in themselves. But we all do it. 
I do it all the time, even as a musician. And it's been something, it's been my job for 35 years. <laughs> I, I, right. can, I can tend to, you know, like downplay or diminish or, or, you know, poo poo my, you know, my own artistic endeavors. Um, so in thinking about, in thinking about that, what, what do you, th- so what are the things maybe just thinking about, especially say the programming uh, around, you know, whether it's at the, the forge or the children's artistic programming, what are the things that you do currently at the center or that we can all do generally to help nurture, not only um, helping people kind of invest and cultivate their creative in- instincts, but to also see the value in their own creative pursuits? Huh. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to answer that one. Uh, so I think I already said it. Um, just do it. You know, I know I know that's already someone else's tagline. But uh, so with our programming and things, it's really important to me, particularly, again, with youth programming, that they just get the opportunity to try. Uh, so you don't have to do well at any of it. But by us being here um, and just providing that, the opportunity for children and adults to just try something, to just try their hand at something, the satisfaction of making something with your own two hands is, it's indescribable, but for anyone who's done it, um, and as I'm saying that with your own two hands, going back to writing and things, that's, I guess, technically, maybe you're not using two hands to do it, but, but when you're actually creating something and you finish it, even if it's a little lopsided, even if it's a little off, uh, it's just such an amazing feeling. And so to be able to share that feeling, to share that confidence with somebody, um, yeah, or to, to help them to develop that confidence, I should say, that opportunity, uh, it's just, it's, it's, again, why we do what we do. Um, it's really important. We had a field trip here um, Oh gosh, I don't remember, several months back. And I had some students that were just, they were young students, maybe first and second graders, who were just blown away by all of the things here. And then to realize that they could use some of the materials and they could make something themselves and you know be right up there with these amazing artists whose work they see displayed and things. You just you I don't know you you watch their faces change. It's just such such a treat to be able to do that. Well, what's interesting about that example, and just to build a little bit on on what you were saying, what I see you and the the center in general doing is not only doing the teaching of the you know these various creative enterprises, but there's the the care and the the nurturing and the encouragement that goes into again, what you were saying about like, try, like, here's the opportunity. And then they can, you know, encouraging them to make the choice to go ahead. Right. The creative process, as you described it earlier, is can be and is most often pretty messy. And in that journey, if we're choosing to level up from, you know, being merely creative to being pursuing something as an artistic endeavor that we're trying to trying to step into some degree of mastery or excellence in, there's going to be a lot of 
bad art before there's any good art. And this is the, the, the thing about working with the, the children is what's wonderful, especially when we're working with younger children, is the fearlessness that, and, the, and the lack of kind of self-consciousness and, and lack of ego involved and lack of competitiveness because um, they just haven't, that hasn't been encultured in them yet. So they're, they're curious and they're um, excited and they're eager to learn. So they kind of dive in. And so to surround them with people that encourage that kind of curiosity to act as if they can do something before they can actually do it. And then the courage to try and the resilience to try many times and have it not turn out exactly the way you wanted. But it's, it's through that sequential thing. I often tell people uh, that learning to play guitar is like learning to talk. You're going to do a lot of bad talking before you become a good talker. And you're going to do a lot of bad playing before you do any good playing, but that's the way that anything worth doing gets improved. It's iteration and trying, trying and failing and trying and failing. And suddenly you get all the bad stuff out of the way and you start to work on some of the good stuff. Um, and that's one of the things that I, I just love about seeing the, the youth programming is uh, oftentimes when I come in and I see something going on at the end of the hall, I just go to take a look just because right. I love hearing the chatter and seeing the activity and seeing the instructors smiling and encouraging and you know, right, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's really so, as you're speaking though, I do have to say, um, and you were talking about the fearlessness and things. Um, you mentioned that we're neighbors here in the center. <laughs> uh so um one of uh, all of us that work here, one of the things that we absolutely love is when we hear one of your students belting it out in there, you know. <laughs> I mean, singing a song and and you know, with all their heart and things, it's it's the exact same as what you're talking about. You're walking down to kind of see what's going on and, you know, get to get a glimpse of the um, smile on the instructor's face and the excitement from the students and stuff. We're doing the same to you. You know, we're, we're walking down there and trying not to be eavesdropping, but kind of listening and really enjoying what's going on in there, you know, so. Um, well, some, of, some of them require less eavesdropping than others. It's, it's some, of them, some of them draw us from afar without question. And, yeah, so, some and of them are drawing, drawing from across the street. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that I think we're all doing, all of us that are, you know, working and uh, or, you know, are doing our work there at the center. Um, what I notice is that element of presence that people actually being in the moment and paying attention to what's going on now and worrying not so much about the outcomes but instead paying attention and and encouraging the effort which is the only time any you know we we're only in control of how we see things and what we get to do next when we're present in the here and now and we can only experience some degree of joy and um, happiness if we stop worrying too much about or attaching ourselves to the to any specific result or outcome um, enjoying you know the, the 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 effort for its own sake and then oftentimes really amazing things can happen so 
now that we've gotten the mutual appreciation society part of uh, <laughs> of our conversation over, and as we're coming to the end of our um, half hour, there there is a question um, that I would like to ask as our final question. But before I, I get to that, Becky, where is the best place for people to connect uh, both with you and with the Floyd Center for the Arts? Uh, well, so the easiest way to connect with the Arts Center is um, our website, floydartcenter.org. Um, and that's art without an S, floydartcenter.org. Uh, and we do have a Facebook page, uh, find Floyd Center for the Arts on Facebook. Um, and I can be contacted through our Facebook page, through our website. Uh, my direct email is becky at floydartcenter.org. So that's pretty easy. Um, and so those are the best ways to find me, to find information about the center, uh, and anyone that has any questions at all about the center, just yeah, reach out, please. Yeah. And so if you are in or around Floyd or one of the many, many people, thousands of people that come to Floyd from afar to visit, uh, the, the, there is something interesting always happening at the Floyd Center for the Arts. So I definitely encourage people to come visit and um, feel free to, uh, to knock on Becky's store and say hi. And you can wave at me through the window. I'll be the guy. Um, smiling while somebody is singing very loudly uh, <laughs> along with their guitar playing. So Becky, last question. Uh, what's one tip or piece of advice that you'd like to leave listeners with if they are a person that would like to fly higher in some sort of creative endeavor? Huh. So um, I think I've already said it probably repeatedly. Um, just start, you know, just, just really, uh, think about the things that you want to be doing and start doing them. You don't, it doesn't, you don't need a formal setting to get started. Uh, you know, if you, whatever that creative endeavor is, you want to write a book, write a few words down, you know, just, just get started. Uh, if you want to make art, play with some supplies you have, sign up for a class, uh, engage some friends in it, do just a, a home art party, anything, just, just start. I think that is excellent advice. I think a bias for action overcomes or helps is a, a, a very powerful tool for overcoming fear and resistance and anything else that might be holding you back from diving in. So take Becky's advice and jump into some sort of creative endeavor right now. And uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off so that you can go do that. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Becky and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And we hope today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Becky and the Floyd Center for the Arts at Floyd Center for the Art. I'm sorry, floydartcenter.org. Is that right, Becky? Correct, yes. Okay. And of course, it's always great to see you also at becreativeonpurpose.com. Now, go out there and make a difference and keep flying higher. Becky Latuka, thank you so much for your time today. And I'll see you. you. See you around the office. Thanks. That was fun.